Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hello, hello, Heal Squad. It's going to be a great day because we said so. <laughs> Whenever I declare it's going to be a great day in the morning, it usually is because you're setting the intention. And so here we are setting the intention today, friends. We have a really great interview today with I Justine, a very popular YouTuber who just went through a health crisis that you will want to learn about so you can see the signs if something like this was to happen to you. But first, our quote of the day, taking care of your physical and mental health is not a luxury. It's a necessity for every woman. We don't know who that's from, but we agree. <laughs> Welcome to the show. If you've not listened to Heal Squad before, you are now officially an honorary Heal Squad member. You are going on this journey with us to get better in all areas of life, especially health and wellness. We love doing it every single day. If you have been listening to the show and can give us a review, a little five stars, we'll leave a link to that in the summary so that you can do that for us. That would be wonderful. If you love the show, share it with a friend, help us get the message out. Um, I can't think of anything more important than our health in every area, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of what health is encompassing. And so that's what we do here every single day. So please share it with somebody you think would be, um, would benefit from it. Uh, before we get to our interview with Justine, also Macy's is a big sponsor of our show. I used to work for them as a fragrance spritzer back in the day, so it's full circle moment. Uh, grateful for their support and grateful they're supporting this mission for all of us to get better. Uh, if you go to macy's.com backslash heel squad, I have a curated list of my favorite items from Macy's. A lot of the stuff I just wore on my recent vacation to Maui are on there, uh, and all kinds of other uh, home and kitchen and all kinds of fashion stuff. So take a look there. Anything you buy through that link is supporting us here on the show. So thank you so much for that. I Justine is a popular American YouTuber, host, actress, and tech influencer. She's also an author. 
her first book, I Justine, an analog memoir, is a memoir that chronicles I Justine's journey from a self-proclaimed nerd and technology enthusiast to a successful YouTube personality and tech influencer. In addition to her successful career, she's also known for her philanthropic work, supporting various causes, and recently has partnered with World Thrombosis Day Campaign as its U.S. patient advocate to place a global spotlight on thrombosis. And she's going to share her journey with uh, thrombosis and, and blood clots right now. You know, you've gone through uh, a lot as well, and you're using your platform to to share it with people. I think we might have met once at CES. I don't know for sure right now because I have a terrible memory. I do too. <laughs> but um, so good. I'm glad uh, in that respect. But um, but you're so known in the tech world. And every time I'm on Twitter, I'm seeing you with a new iPhone and all the stuff. So now you've been thrust into the health world, I feel like. So tell yeah, no, us about what happened to you last, it was last April, right? It was, yeah. So about a year ago, um, I was diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome. But kind of leading up to that, it was this wild thing. Like I had been probably the in the best shape of my life. I was that day I had run like seven miles. And so I kept blaming the fact that my arm was super swollen on everything else. I'm like, well, it was hot out. So maybe that's why my arm is swollen. But like deep down, I knew that it was a blood clot. And you mostly knew. because my, I like, I 100% knew like, it's, it's not funny to joke about, but like, I would always like my mom was always so paranoid about blood clots. So anytime we would fly, we're like, don't worry, mom. Like we're going to make sure we wear our compression socks. Like we're not going to get blood clots. So it wasn't like a joke, but we would like kind of make light of it and kind of always talk about it. So the fact that like I knew already, like I had a heads up going into the ER, I was like, Hey, I have, I have a blood clot. And they're like, no, you don't. You're young and healthy, which I hate hearing. And, uh, sure enough, you know, I did. And I think one of the things that I love so much about, you know, your health journey and everything is, is you talk about advocating for your health and just knowing like something is not right. And I think that really kind of helped me just sort of get the help that I needed and get it as fast as possible. Well, I'll tell you, I diagnosed myself with a brain tumor. So I went to the doctor and he was like, so what are you feeling? I was like, well, I've been having really bad headaches. My speech has been slurring. My ears been hurting. I think I have a brain tumor. Like out of nowhere, I go, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think I have a brain tumor. And I was right. And so we do know. Now, your mom made you aware of blood clots. So that was in your awareness. My mom had mm-hmm. just gotten a brain tumor. It was in my awareness. So I think for people who don't have these awarenesses, it's going to be harder. But you knew you had it. You went in. They kind of, it sounds like they didn't believe you. How did you get them to believe you? Well, it was it was weird because I definitely waited a few days too long. Um, thankfully, we did catch it soon enough. But uh, I went to like an urgent care that was like close to my house. And as soon as the woman saw my arm, she was like, oh, I, we're not equipped for this. You need to go to the emergency room. So going to the emergency room and once they saw it, like it was just, it was, it was so swollen and just purple. So like they obviously knew something was wrong. And I think the hardest thing about being there is you know, doctors sometimes don't talk to you and you don't know what's going on. So you're just laying there for hours and you're like, can somebody let me know what's happening? And as like they were doing the ultrasound, 
I kept trying to pry. I was like, so what do you see? She's like, I, <laughs> I do the same it. thing and they don't let you know. I I'm like <laughs> looking up and I was just like squinting. I'm like, is that something right there? And like, trying to like make light. I do the same thing, yeah. Justine. I stare <laughs> at the ultrasounds and I'm like, oh, that might be something. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> and, you know, and then like they gave me like the printout and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it, it turned out to be accurate. And, you know, then they moved me to Cedars to like a larger hospital. And then the whole time, like I couldn't eat. I didn't have any coffee. And I was like, the migraine that I had from not drinking coffee, I think was worse than any of the other pain that I was feeling. So in the back of my mind, I was like, I have to quit coffee. So that was that was a whole next journey that I took after that. <laughs> I just quit coffee in the fall, I believe it was. I quit it. Congratulations. Well. Thank you. It was hard. It was tough. Was it hard for you? Um, the first two months was, I think mostly because really? I missed that. Yeah. Just like the, the ritual mostly Ooh. of just having something to drink. And and so I would drink like warm water in the morning instead of coffee. You didn't so do just kind green of like, tea? No, because I wanted to stay away from all caffeine. So I was like, I don't want to replace one addiction with another. So I was like, all right, water oh, it in. Let me tell you, green tea is so good for you. So See, that's what I've heard don't as well. Think about it as an addiction. Think about mm-hmm. it as antioxidants. To me, Dr. Christy Funk, who was on this show, talked about how great it is to prevent breast cancer, but also it prevents recurrence of breast cancer. Three cups wow. a day re- reduces your risk of recurrence by 50%. That's wild. Okay. So now I'm not going to replace it as an addiction, <laughs> but as a, as a health supplement. Exactly. exactly. I, I like that thought process. <laughs> um, okay. So, so you find this blood clot and, and what did they say? Was this life-threatening? Oh, it, uh, definitely. And I mean, knowing how life-threatening it was, I mean, it made it even that much more scary because for anyone that's not familiar, like a blood clot may be just in sort of your vein, but it can travel if it breaks off. It can travel to your lungs. It can travel to your heart. It can travel to your brain and you can have a stroke. And so all of these things are very crucial. So they had me in the ICU for two nights and they did sort of a, a catheter that kind of pumped in the the drug TPA into the clot. So the first 24 hours, it didn't work. Then we went back in for the second and it it finally did break up. But then again, advocating for your health, I started feeling weird, like the shortness of breath and my blood pressure was normal, but for me it was high. And so knowing like your base normal of what your normal temperature is, what your heart rate is, what your blood pressure is, is something I think that is so important for a lot of people. Because for me to be able to tell the doctor, that's not, that's not right. Something's wrong. Um, I was able to let them know. We went and got a CT scan and sure enough, ended up having a blood clot that traveled all the way to my lungs. So that was a whole nother kind of issue. You bring up a really important point that I, even on this show, have not brought up. And this is why I love these conversations. Knowing your baselines, your blood pressure, even your A1C, your um, heart rate, all of that is super important. Like my blood pressure is always on the low side. So when it's low, I'm like, guys, don't be scared. That's normal. That's me. Um, But yeah, I think I'm so proud of how much you were aware and and involved in your care. I'm sure it kind of saved you. 
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. No, definitely. And I'm so grateful because my sister, my other sister's a pharmacist. So she deals a lot with patients and blood thinners and all of that kind of stuff. And this is also very random. One of my friends that I met on YouTube is a radiologist who actually does this procedure. So I am about to go into the operating room and I'm sure this doctor was losing his mind, but we call our friend Chris and I go, look, I know that you do this kind of therapy. Can you just, can you be on the line and just let me know if this is what you would do if I was your patient? And he's like, um, okay. <laughs> so he's on speed dial. My sister's on speed dial and, you know, kind of having that support system of like just a second opinion to be like, yes, this is a normal thing that, you know, a doctor would do. I would be doing this if you were my patient. So yes, go ahead. Cause it's scary. You know, they what tell did they you do? Things, like when they found um, the so blood clot in your, in your lungs, what did they do? Well, for the original clot, like they originally, they started you on like a high dose of blood thinners. And then when they did the catheter, like you basically were directing that TPA drug directly to the clot to break it up. So that was like the scariest part because you then become a fall risk. So if you fall, you could, uh, you know, you could basically be bleeding out. So it's, you you have to be like monitored. You can't get up. So for two days, I was basically bedridden. My, my sister was feeding me. I couldn't move my arms because there's so many things hooked up and and so there's so many other risks that go into that because it's like you go through with the procedure, there's risks, but if you don't, you could also die. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that you have to kind of choose and, and you know, having people and the internet to kind of, you know, rely on, I think is, is super helpful just to know that you're not alone and this is something that is a common procedure. When you were bedridden with all those things hooked up and you know that like one false move, right? Or even you not doing anything. Yeah. How did you feel? I mean, it was weird because I think while I was in there, I think I was still sort of delirious and in denial. And I somehow just sort of like blocked the whole thing out. So I would just stare at the wall for hours. Like I couldn't even really use my phone. I couldn't really do much. So it was just kind of like, okay, get through this and then figure it out. So, I mean, that was kind of, it was just, it was really all a blur to be honest. Yeah. I, I can, I can kind of understand that where I feel like, being diagnosed with this, you know, this pancreas tumor was so scary at first, but then it's really like, you got to do so many things. You got to find a doctor, you got to schedule surgery. There's so many to do's that you can just kind of get lost in. And then you're just trying to get to the next step of recovery that it takes a minute to process everything. I'm, I'm just now starting to process what went on because I'm starting to talk about it for you when did you start to feel the gravity of what went on and how did you cope with that? I mean, I feel like, so I didn't say anything while I was in the hospital. Cause obviously I'm like, well, I don't want people showing up here. I don't want to bring awareness to it. Cause it's like, you know, being a public figure, you also kind of have this other weird thing that most people wouldn't have to worry about. Like what if fans want to come show up and, you know, try to console me? What if fans work in the hospital? So you have all these other kind of thoughts that, you know, it, it's, it's just adds this whole other element of like paranoia. Um, but like, I'm so grateful, like the nurses, everyone, like they were so incredible and everyone was really amazing. So I think, you know, just getting that care and being patient with doctors, because just seeing how many people are in these hospitals and what these doctors have to go through to try to like help people is, 
I mean, I, I applaud them and, and so grateful for that every day. But I waited until maybe like a few days after I got out of the hospital and I felt well enough to to kind of talk about it because I wanted to share what I had just found out because this could potentially help save someone's life. Mm-hmm. And then selfishly, I was like, I need to find other people that have this and talk to them and see what they went through. So I found so many people just through talking about it, um, hearing their stories and and talking to um, other people or friends of mine, they were like, oh yeah, I got diagnosed with that too. And here's what I did. So it was, it was super helpful kind of both ways. Yeah. I, I understand having to keep it secret. Uh, cause I did too on both kind of major health journeys, brain surgery and this whole, this last surgery. Um, I find that's it- a big secret to keep. <laughs> so I, that's that had been really tough for you. They were really hard because it's lonely when you mm-hmm. can't tell family, you can't tell friends, you can't, because if you tell the wrong family member and they tell people, right? Because it's a hard thing to keep right. a secret. I'm going in yes. for brain surgery. That is, I understand that is a hard thing to keep. Or I now have, you know, this neuroendocrine tumor and and I have to have a splenectomy and all these things. Those are hard secrets to keep. Huge. And so, and people don't have poker faces, right? So <laughs> it's hard for them to if they care about you to to keep all that in and so right. i i save everybody from having to do that but then it becomes a ch- a more challenging lonelier journey i think you know for you you were able to tell people within 3 days i had to wait what 8 9 weeks before i could tell anybody i had to wait for pathology to come back make sure i was clear um did you feel even in those few days any of that kind of that you know loneliness from not being able to tell people yeah. And the one thing that I have always told my sister, um, just because we've been making videos for, I mean, almost 17 or 18 years at this point. And I've told her since the beginning, I was like, never stop filming. <laughs> so I had her kind of like documenting just the behind the scenes mm-hmm. to basically just keep ourselves entertained and knowing that like, this was a story that I was going to tell. And there were points during, she was like, you just look so sad and like things were not going right. She's like, I just couldn't film. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, wow. you um, know, I, I document everything too. I'll tell you why I do it though. I do it because it is a known statistic that we only remember 50% of the truth. And I am very much a stickler about truth and, you know, and, and all of that. And so I wanted to remember how I reacted in every moment, how I handled things, how it really felt after. And in fact, uh, another friend was just diagnosed with a very rare cancer. And when I was able to go to his house and sit with him, he was about to have massive abdominal surgery. Thank God he's out today and he's good. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I said, he was really scared. And I said, let me show you the video of me the day after I was shocked at how good I felt. He's like, what? And I go, yes, actually it's possible. I don't know if that's going to be you, but I felt really great the day after. And yeah, I had moments of pain when we missed pain medicines or whatever, but I act, you, you can do this. And I showed him the video and it made him feel so much better. So there's a, there's a really helpful purpose in the videos, but also it's being able to remember the truth because we can look at things so much differently. When you're looking in the rear view mirror, you can think you were better, you were more positive, or you could think you were more negative. I just want to know exactly how I was. And so I did all the video diaries. Um, do you look back at them? 
Yeah. Cause I just did like a year recap and it was weird because like there were parts like I, like you said, like knowing the truth, I was like, I don't remember how many days I was in the hospital now, like a year later. So I was like, yeah. I asked my sister, I was like, how, how many days was it? Because I don't remember. Cause it's just like, you don't really want to think about it. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of, I feel like I'm, I'm also very good at kind of blocking out parts of things that I don't want to know. So I think, like you said, you know, having those things documented and having that truth and just being able to resort back to it, even if it never sees the light of day, just having it for yourself, I think is amazing. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Um, I'm sure it's hard to look back at some of it. It is. It was so sad. And I'm sure for you too, because you've gone through obviously so much more, you know, in such a short time too. And it's just like looking back, you're like, was that actually me? Did that really happen? And it's like, you kind of see yourself in this other light because now that you're kind of on the other end of it, it almost looks like you're just watching somebody else's movie or something. It really does. It's bananas. Um, so you have what's called, and I don't know how to say this right, Paget Schroeder's syndrome? Yeah, I think that's one that's their initial diagnosis, but there's something called thoracic outlet syndrome, which kind of encompasses that syndrome as well. Thoracic so outlet? Yeah. Okay. So there's three types. There's a vein, artery, and then there's nerve. And it's basically where the first rib, there's not enough space to kind of let um, like the nerve. Blood flow. Yeah. So mine was was the vein. So it kind of was like pinching off the the blood flow. And I really, I love martial arts. So I was doing a ton of sword training and lightsaber training. So a lot of, a lot I'm of that. Was, I want to go with you and like, sword train. Oh my gosh. Well, I haven't been doing it as much because <laughs> the the repetitive motion of like your arms swinging and doing all those types of motions is what they think caused it. So like, Whoa. it's a very proud moment for me as a, as a wannabe Jedi that in my medical history, <laughs> it says that I got a blood clot from lightsaber training. Dead. So any, any, like these doctors would come in and I would think that they would have something like super serious, like, listen, you're not going to make it. And they're like, we really need to talk about what is this lightsaber training? <laughs> so and I would just like, I would be like showing them videos. So I mean, something else that you said in, in your, one of your podcasts I was listening to was just like trying to be as nice as possible to doctors and making yes. light and like making them feel like, you know, I want to go see that person. And, and it's so hard to do when you're in that moment. But like that also was something that was very important for me. I love it. Yeah. I, we always say comedy must rule no matter what. So we use humor yep. in every way and everything. Um, so thoracic outlet syndrome, what are mm -hmm. the symptoms? Because obviously you didn't know this before. No, I was like, what is this? And it, it is pretty rare, but it is common in like swimmers, uh, pitchers. And again, anyone that's doing a lot of that repetitive motion. So for me, mine was, was the swollen arm. Um, and it was weird because when I really noticed that there was something wrong, there were like the, the tiny little veins in my arm started breaking. So it just looked like these little spider veins. And I was like, this is, this is not great. And for the nerve pain, because I also met another patient who has the nerve portion of that. And they actually think that my sister may also have the nerve version of that. So I'm like, great, runs in the family. And that you just have, you know, weird pains, a lot of headaches and stuff like that. And because it's not that common, a lot of people don't know to look for it. So, you know, I've been even talking to some other friends who've been having weird neck and back pains and arm pains, like just ask them about thoracic outlet syndrome and see what they say. Well, interestingly enough, when I was reading up on it, I felt like I had a bunch of the symptoms and I was like, wait, what? So there was it's neck and back pain. Um, I forget what the other ones were, but I was like, oh, that sounds really 
scary because some yeah, of it sound it is yeah and you don't really know so one of the options was to get my first rib removed which is still a pretty major surgery and I was yeah. like okay I'm gonna try to go a year and see how I feel and if I get any sort of weird pains or anything kind of happens and I'm just gonna be very careful about doing any overhead motions I'm gonna put my Jedi wishes on the back burner and just see how everything goes and so far I've been pretty good but it's something you think about every single day like if I do some if I lift my arm up am I gonna get a blood clot yeah I know the paranoia is real uh I it don't is. remember I know I had it in the the research I want to look this up for everybody because it was glaring when I saw this um in terms of the let me see really fast. Yeah, and it's interesting because there are the three different types. So I think, you know, the vein the vein one, which I had, but then like the artery could also be pretty detrimental because that's obviously supplying way more blood flow to your body. And then the nerve pain is also just excruciating. And it's, it is a tough surgery too, because it's like they have to go in and saw out a piece of your rib. So then there's complications for that. They could puncture a lung. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is another decision that we have to make. So I'm like, yeah. we could just ride it out and see how it goes. Knowing that I have this, it would be such a, an easier thing to kind of take care of, you know, going in now. Well, I love your lack of fear in your decision-making. Uh, the fact that you said, let's, you know, wait and watch this. You're not lightsabering anymore. So, you know, once in a while, you know, you're not aggravating it. Um, and now you're aware of what to look for. So you can, you can pay attention, um, even better. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, and it really is something that's always in the back of your mind. Even if I get like a small pain in my arm, I'm like, is that what, what is happening? I'm like, okay, I think that's just a normal pain. Like you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. So if people are feeling any of these things, they should go to the doctor and, and get checked because a lot of times we think we're crazy. I had a mystic on the show who really laid this out for us and I love her for it. She said, you're not crazy. You're wise. You have to listen to yourself and listen to your body when it's when it's puffing out or something's not working right, there's a reason. And so you do have to go to the doctor to find out. Right. No, I love that. And, you know, it's it's sometimes, you know, you know something's not right. And I know even like throughout my mom's journey with her health, um, you know, we've talked to so many doctors and no one ever believes her because she had uh, Lyme disease. And that's a whole nother kind of thing because it's like doctors don't really understand it and then they just want to treat it all these random ways. So it's, you know, kind of seeing the things that she has gone through, you know, I I think that we've kind of brought that into like our own health. And it's like, just, you know, if one doctor says no, you know, you have to go find another one and kind of do your own research and advocate for yourself because you're the only one that can do that. And I think that's, it's so important. So true. You know, our moms in a sense have, have, uh, you know, taken us on this journey so that we can be better. And I think- being communicators, we have platforms to share all of this. So it's it's interesting how it all kind of works. And I can see you've learned so much in your journey. Um, how did your audience respond to your diagnosis? I mean, it was shocking because they're all like, but you're the same thing that the doctors say. They always say you're so young and healthy. I'm like, well, I'm not that young anymore. I think I'm pretty healthy. But, you know, you walk into somewhere and 
you have the doctors will have this perception of you just by looking at you like you look fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people would do as well for me or to a lot of people like, well, you look fine. It's just like those invisible illnesses that people don't see that can be so detrimental. So I think it's just being kind to everyone because you actually do not know what they're going through. And I think my audience was very receptive. Um, They were glad that I brought attention to it. And I think for women, blood clots are very common, especially if you're on birth control, uh, giving birth, like there's so many things that kind of can trigger that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not just your arm, mostly it's more common in your legs. So like mine was also kind of rare because it was the, the thoracic outlet syndrome, but usually it's like swollen legs, broken blood vessels and things like that. So, you know, if you do see something going get it checked out, don't, you know, wait a couple of days like I did. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you're not believed, like I, when I was in the hospital, I felt something hard up here. And I said, I think I have a blood clot and I don't know much about blood clots, but Mm -hmm. it just felt intuitively like a blood clot. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. It was a blood clot. And I'm like, really? Wow. I think I have one over here. And they're like, no, no, no. I had one over here. Then I I felt something down in my abdomen. I had a fibroid removed, a massive fibroid wow. while they did all the other operations. And I said, I'm feeling something down here. I think I think I might have a blood clot. They're like, no, you don't. And they're like, wow. yeah, you do. So uh so I've had my share of them at this point too. And uh, they never thought that that's what they were either. And you know, it is hard when somebody looks healthy. Um, but I've now seen so many people that have multiple tumors and things, all kinds of cancers in their body and they look radiant. You never freaking know, but you have to keep pushing back on people. So what do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned through this journey, Justine, even with your mom? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like listening to yourself, like, because you know, if you're feeling weird, like something's not right. And I think, you know, waiting it out a little bit is okay. But even if somebody tells you like, no, no, you're fine. You're like, but am I fine? Because I don't think so. So I think <laughs> it, it definitely really is listening to yourself, I think is is so important. And um, because I'm a, I'm a tech creator, like I'm, I love health tech. So it's like, I've had an Apple watch on for the past eight years of my life. I love the aura ring. And so it's like, I know what my normal blood oxygen is. And I, you know, I know my heart rate. I've known it for the past eight years. So it's like having that data, I think that's going to be the future of health is really taking it back. And, you know, basically you're going to be your own personal nurse, taking your vitals every day. And, you know, these things, you can bring that to your doctor so that they, they can have a, a better baseline of, of how you are. Yeah. I saw that you were also an advocate for a diabetes organization. What was that connection? Oh, it was uh, so the uh, World Thrombosis Day. So it's it's more uh, geared towards uh, for blood clots, which was wild because that was one of the websites that I had went to to get more information. And then they had ended up reaching out and I was their U.S. patient advocate and just kind of bring, bringing more awareness to it. So it's in October and it's just a really great day because I just feel like it is such a random thing. Like never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought that I would be an advocate for <laughs> bringing awareness to blood clots, but I'm really glad that I can be because, you know, I can bring humor to it. And yet I do have a large audience that, you know, it's potentially could help save someone's life one day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, World Thrombosis Day, uh, the campaign is, uh, is October, what what did did you say? October, 
I want, I don't want to say the wrong date. I think it was the 13th or the 16th. Okay. Let's see. Let's and you're see. their U.S. patient advocate. It's Yeah. So it's Friday, October 13th. Okay. And yeah. So last year I did kind of like, I worked with them on their campaign to just bring awareness to it. And I mean, it, it really is amazing to kind of open up about these things. Cause I mean, like you said, it's like you find other people that have gone through something similar and, mm-hmm. and just to be able to be like, I'm not alone. There's other people out there is, is really amazing. Yeah, for sure. I think just letting people know what you felt, right. It's the same thing with me. You don't, with pancreas tumors and cancers, you don't feel them. So that's why it takes so many lives. But I think that when I started sharing some of the symptoms and stuff, at least that kind of lets people know, well, if I'm having diarrhea for a long time, maybe that's not a good thing. Uh, Right. And, you know, if I'm having this throbbing pain and it keeps coming and going or whatever it is, like we've got to keep investigating. So uh, I'm glad that you've come out and shared your story and uh, you have such a big audience that needs to hear that. And, uh, and needs to hear somebody and an example of someone who's advocating for themselves, who is saying, no, I think I have a blood clot and not worrying about what that looks like. It's really important. No. And I think the same thing to you and even hearing you talking about going to get that scan, that's something that my sister and I have been talking about for the past like six months. Cause we got like a TikTok ad for it. And I was like, we need to do this because she also says the same thing. Like, you know, she'll pick out things and randomly say, I think I have this. And I'm like, well, if you have that, like we need to go get it fixed and and looked at, but she keeps going to doctors. Blood work is fine. Everything looks fine. Vitals. So it doesn't make sense. It's like, you have to look further, but it's so hard to do when you don't have the resources and, you know, doing this kind of tests on your own is so expensive and it's so unfair because it's like, you know, you just can't be spending money to, to do these other things when you have to live. But it's like, you might need to do these things so that you can live. So it's just, it's really an unfair battle. Such a good point, which is why I'm working on getting it covered by insurance companies for everyone. That's amazing because it's, I think it's so important. Yeah. I think it's the number one preventative thing that we'll be able to do that will catch things early. So um, I'm making headway. That's for sure. That's amazing. No, let me know if you need any help with that because I would definitely love to assist in any way. Oh, I think it's so for important. sure. I will definitely call on you. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I'm glad yeah, you're okay. You. All right, friends. I hope this reminds you to listen to your body and not think you're crazy and go get checked whenever your body is sending you signals and, and yelling at you. Uh, it needs us. It needs us to be aware and it needs us to help. So please, please, please remember that. And, uh, and that's it. In the meantime, be nice people. Make good choices and be present. Distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.